So church, I am turning now to the prophet Isaiah, the 64th chapter. I'd like to read verses 1 through 9. So we ask God's blessing upon this word and the proclamation of it for us this day. Hear now the prophet's words. Oh, that you would burst from the heavens and come down. How the mountains would quake in your presence as fire causes wood to burn and water to boil. Your coming would make the nations tremble. Then your enemies would learn the reason for your fame. When you came down long ago, you did awesome things beyond our highest expectations. And oh, how the mountains quaked. For since the world began, no ear has heard and no eye has seen a God like you who works for those who wait for him. You welcome those who cheerfully do good and follow godly ways. But we are not godly. We are constant sinners. So your anger is heavy on us. How can people like us be saved? We are all infected and impure with sin. When we proudly display our righteous deeds, we find they are but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall. And our sins, like the wind, sweep us away. Yet no one calls on your name or pleads with you for mercy. Therefore, you have turned away from us and have turned us over to our sins. And yet, and church, pay attention to this. And yet, Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. Oh, don't be so angry with us, Lord. Please don't remember our sins forever. Look at us, we pray, and see that we are your people. And this is, church, the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen and amen. So, church, I, I probably know what you're thinking uh, this morning, given it being the first Sunday of Advent, and as uh, our altar space is decorated, we're moving into this joyful time of the season of Advent. You're thinking, why in the world is the preacher reading such a dark and gloomy and somewhat disturbing text. When Advent is supposed to be happy and cheerful. And you know what? Let me just say this. Even if you're not saying it, you might be thinking it, okay? And I hear you, okay? I, I hear what you're saying. But let me offer this thought to you this morning. And it's food for thought. Okay. And that is, maybe, just maybe, this text is the exact 
text that you and I need to be hearing this day, this first Sunday of Advent. Let me explain. This text is a part of our lectionary text. Often on the first Sunday of Advent, we hear a gospel text about being alert. It has a somewhat apocalyptic nature to it, like a, 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 a end is about to happen. I just felt led to select this particular text from the Old Testament scriptures about Isaiah. It wakes you up. It gets you alert because indeed something is coming. And I want you to know that that coming for the believer in this Advent season, of course, is the coming of the Christ child, Jesus Christ, into the hearts and households of every man, woman, and child. And that is the good news that you and I have to look forward to. But before we get there, there's some work that's going to be required, required on our part. There's going to be some certain attention to detail that you and I need to hone in on. And it begins with the text from the prophet's words. Okay, This imagery of the potter and the clay, I want you to hold on to that for this season because it's very, very important. It ultimately is saying, look, folks, who is in control? Is it God's will be done or is it our will to be done? The potter and the clay. So I want to start right there in this text and my hope and prayer is that it will minister to your heart this day so that you and I can ultimately be as prepared as we can be for the coming of Jesus Christ, who can once again, church, and we need it, this year needs it, lives need it, households need it, Jesus Christ to be reborn in us once again. So we hear these words that really, in a way, step on our toes because this text is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. It's not necessarily what we want to hear, church, but it's what we need to hear on this first Sunday of Advent. So the prophet talks about sin and the prophet talks about brokenness. Yes, the prophet is speaking to a certain audience in that day and time, but I want you to hear this. The prophet, too, through the power of the Word of God, which is the living Word, is speaking to you and I this day about our own sin and brokenness. What we ultimately need to do with that sin and brokenness. So maybe, just maybe, on this first Sunday of Advent, maybe there is some sin that you for a very long time now have been sweeping under 
the carpet like a child would do dirt under a carpet. Mom and dad say, hey, clean up that mess, clean up that dirt. What do they do? They don't put it in the dustpan. They put it and sweep it under the carpet. I'm speaking personally. That's what happens in the Franklin household oftentimes. The dirt doesn't go in the trash. It just goes on to something else. You know how that goes, right, parents and grandparents? Maybe, just maybe, we've been sweeping our own sin under the carpet. And on this first Sunday of Advent, we need to come clean. We need to confess it before the Almighty and get it off of our chest so that we can be focused on what is right and holy, and that is Jesus Christ. Or maybe, just maybe, on this first Sunday of Advent, we need to finally, after a long period of time, let go of some heartbreak or heartache that we've been holding tightly onto. Maybe, just maybe, this is the very moment, the very day, that being the first Sunday of Advent, that we let it go. And we say, Lord, listen, I've spent too long holding on to this ache. And it's done nothing but just sour me, Lord. It's time that I let it go. Because you, O oh God, are the potter and I am the clay. So we're speaking about sin and brokenness, church. You see, in our scripture text, Israel, the people of Israel, had their own sin and brokenness that they had to come to grips with. They had to own their own sin and brokenness. Let me go back to the text for a moment. I'm going to pick up with verse 5 through seven. I want you to hear these words, okay? Because it clarifies what I'm speaking of here. Beginning with verse five, it says, you welcome those who gladly do good, who follow godly ways, but you have been very angry with us, for we are not godly. We are constant sinners. How can we, or how can people like us be saved? We are all infected and impure with sin. When we display our righteous deeds, they are nothing but filthy rags. Like autumn leaves, we wither and fall, and our sins sweep us away like the wind. Yet no one calls on your name or pleads with with you for mercy. Therefore, you have turned away from us and turned us over to our sins. There's an acknowledgement, church, through the prophet of sin and brokenness. So what I want to do just for a moment is give you some context into what's going on in this particular section of Scripture. My question is, as I was reading this text, what happened to these people? What happened to Israel? How did they go wrong? Why did they stray the way that they did? 
And I hope this offers some clarity. So what happened to Israel? Well, the Bible teaches us that the day came when God calls the nation of Babylon to come against Israel and to defeat them. That was the stark reality that happened through the word. Like the potter who took the clay and wadded it into a ball and then threw it back on the wheel to begin the process again, so God took the nation of Israel, pay attention to this, and broke them so that what could happen? He broke them so that he could, in fact, remake them. Make them into something different. Make them new once again. Very, very important. Break them so that he might remake them. Now, I want you to pay a clo close attention to this. This is where there really needs some clarity, okay, in this text, and I hope this is also helpful for you as well. We will not always understand what God is doing in our lives. Amen? Okay? Amen. Question all the time, why, Lord? Man, what happened to 2020? It's an even year. It's supposed to be a great year. Wow, so much to look forward to. Go back to January 2020. You remember that catchphrase, 2020 vision? Woo! What happened to that? Lord Jesus, we will not always understand what God is doing in our lives. Amen. Nor why he's doing it. Sometimes the process will be very painful and confusing. Amen. Yes, it will be painful and confusing, and we do not understand it, and we cry out to God for help. We lament to God for his hand of healing. But perhaps it is in those moments of pain and confusion that God is, in fact, able to do some of his best work. How about that perspective? I believe that that is a biblical truth, church. Let me read that again. But perhaps it is in those moments of pain and confusion that God is able to do some of his best work. Perhaps it is in those moments of brokenness that the potter is able to gently fashion the vessel into something beautiful, and I would also add, very useful for his glory. And that's the good news, church. So when we say that God is the potter and we are the clay, something, in fact, has to be broken in order to be remade. That even in our darkest moment, God can be working miracles. That God's hand is in the midst of that trial, of that fire, of that tribulation. Church, that is the good news that is before us. God is the, is the potter. We are the clay. Let me back that up with scripture. So let me now go to verse 8 
and 9. So we know that Israel was sinful, that they were broken. We recognize and acknowledge within this text and in those people that we, okay, have to come to grips with our own sinfulness and brokenness. Let us acknowledge that and pick up now with verse 8. And it begins, and I love it here. This is where the prophet is so poetic. He says, given our nature, he says, and yet. Did you catch that? And yet. There is more. And yet. And yet what? And yet O Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. Don't be so angry with us, Lord. Please don't remember our sins forever. Look at us, we pray, and see that we are all your people. And yet, church, there is more. God is the potter, and we are the clay. Listen to me. This is very important. Empty and broken as we may be, scarred from sin as you and I may be. Listen to me. God did not despair. Did you hear that? God did not despair. For he is the potter and we the clay. And yet, God did not despair. So, what I want to do now is give you some biblical truth that points right to what God the potter and we the clay mean in an everyday kind of way, okay? What I'm going to show you now is a chart, okay? I believe that I've shown this in, in months or years past. I'm going to bring it up again because this gets to the biblical truth, okay? Gets to the heart of what it means to say, Lord, you are the potter, I am the clay. I am going to surrender unto your will, okay? It's something we call you say and God says. So here's what I'd like to do. We will email this out to you this afternoon so that you can put it somewhere where you go to often, so that it can be right in front of you, right in your face, so that when you are being filled with lies that the devil puts into your mind, you can say, hey, look, this is what I am saying. These are the lies that are filling my head. But this is ultimately what God says, and you can back that up with the Word of God. So for the sake of time, I want to read four of these, but we will email it out to you. I would invite you to print it out and put it somewhere where you will look at it daily, okay, if not hourly. You need to be, we need to be as believers reminded of what God is saying, his biblical truth, each and every day. So let's take a look at that for a moment. You may say these things to yourself often, 
but we need to back it up with what God says about you because he is the potter and we are the clay. So the first one that I want to go to is Luke 18, 27. How many times have we said to ourselves, whether it is in our minds or out loud, it's impossible. No way can that happen. It's impossible. What does God say? Hey, all things are possible. Let's back that up with the Word of God. Let's go to Luke 18, 27. Here's what the Word of God says, and this is coming from our Savior's mouth here. He says, what is impossible for people is possible with God. Amen. The next one that spoke to me as I was reading through this list comes from John 3.16. Let's look at this verse. When was the last time you said to yourself in just a dark night or dark moment that you were having, nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. What is God saying? What is God's rebuttal to that? Hey, I love you. I love you because you are my own. Let's back that up with scripture, church. You can please recite it as I'm reading it. I know you know it from John 3, 16. This is the NLT version, so it's a little bit different, but it speaks God's truth. It says this, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Lord, I don't feel loved. Oh, but wait a minute. God loves you without any strings attached. Go to that verse and be encouraged, church. Here's the next one. Let's go to Romans 8, 1. How about this one? Man, this one's so real. It's so honest. It's so raw. How about this one? Look, I cannot forgive myself. I just can't do it, Lord. My past, it's just, it's haunting me. I cannot forgive myself. When's the last time you said that? Okay, hold on to that. What does God say? I forgive you. God says, I forgive you. Let that ring in your ear, church. Look, Romans 8, 1, this is about life in the Spirit, okay? That's the context, but this is what it says. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Oh, so good. So powerful. Remind yourself of that. Let me do one more. This comes from the book of Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verse 5. Let's see what it says. Ah, I feel all alone. I've got no connection, 
no friendship, no unity. What? I'm all alone. It's just me. It's those lies, you see, the deception of those lies. What does God say? Oh, I will never leave you. Backing that up with the word of God, let's look at Hebrews 13, 5. Okay, hear these words now. Be satisfied with what you have. For God said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. Church, back up. Back up that internal dialogue with the word of God. Because if it is negative, if it is causing despair from within, there is a very good chance that is the enemy attacking you. So back it up, church. Back it up with the word of God. And we'll send this out to you this afternoon. Let me end with this. Church, I, I felt very led on this first Sunday of Advent to do something that I think would be spiritually enriching for all of us. If you will take a look, we have three boxes that we have put out this morning. Two on the white columns and one here at this altar space. These are the God boxes, okay? The idea behind the God box is this. And I'm going to ask this in the form of a question. What are you overwhelmed about in this very moment? What is eating at you in this very moment? What sin and brokenness do you need to give to God that has kept you in the shadows for way too long. I'm going to invite you to write down, which is in the back of every chair. You can take a look at that right now. A pen and a note card. I'm going to invite you to write down what is eating at you, what is overwhelming you, the sin and the brokenness that is keeping you from a full relationship with God. I'm inviting you, church, to let that go and to let God be the potter who's meant to shape and to mold you into who he has created you to be. On this first Sunday of Advent, if we have hope in Jesus Christ, then we in full trust in the potter, can begin to let it go and to put it into the God box and let God begin to work on that, shape that, mold that, and to make it into something new. Meanwhile, doing the same for you and I. So as the Gap Band will lead us in the final song, I invite you to write those things down and as the Spirit leads you, come and place that into one of these God boxes here. And let God be the potter and we the clay. Let me pray for us.